I mean, first of all, if he is using something, it's not fucking working because he sucks anyway. Um, <laughs> I know he said in the post game, it's just sweat and rosin, which I mean, we saw. I don't know if you guys saw that Trevor Bauer tweet, but like it clearly can make the ball very sticky. So they, they sent it off to the lab. I mean, I guess we'll find out. But I mean, if, if it is clearly, just sweat and rosin. Clearly, he's a very sweaty man. Yeah. I mean, if it is just sweat and rosin, though, I feel like that's a very bad look for the MLB. Joining the show today is a guy who was drafted in the second round of the 2013 NHL draft by the Montreal Canadiens. He just finished his year playing for the Washington Capitals AHL affiliate, the Hershey Bears, where he posted nine wins, a 1-8-0 goals against average, and a 9-3-2 save percentage in 11 games. Thanks for coming on Clubhouse Combos podcast, Zach Fucali. What's How's going on, going? brother? Good, you? Good to be here. Good to be here. Thanks for uh, having me on. Nice little introduction. How's everybody doing? Good. You? Good. Never better. How's the off season going? Good. I mean, this is the second week where I kind of had everything going uh, on the ice, training, stuff like that. Uh, I took a good three weeks to a month of uh, rest and kind of recharge. And uh, now I'm back uh, my second week already. So it feels good get the routine going. The first week's always tough because you feel like you're never going to get there. But second week, you know, you, you, I, I have much more energy than before. So it feels good. Yeah. What's your uh, off season training schedule look like? Um, I, I usually get to the gym uh, around 10 uh, for, for the workout. And uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have ice times at about 1130, 1140 um so we go right to the gym to to our ice session and on fridays usually there's a big scrimmage we're going to try and get some pretty big five on five game going uh games going um but that's still up in the air we have to find a good rink for that and uh maybe even on tuesday nights we're going to have a three on three at night uh for fast paced stuff so nice. as of now we're just going for two uh practices a week for the first couple of weeks and then we're going to ramp it up to three and four as we get closer to uh camps Nice. Where are you at right now? I'm uh, just uh, just outside Montreal, uh, more on the South Shore, on the on the western part of the island, and uh, I train uh, on the uh, North Shore. So basically, just off the island of Montreal, I uh, that's where I train. Gotcha. Now, how's the COVID situation there? I know uh, the uh, whatever the Bell Center is still having limited capacity. So is the city kind of shut down a little bit still, or uh, are things coming uh, right back up? So right now we just, uh, how the government in Quebec here, it works. They, they just put us all back in a, uh, um, uh, green zone is what they call it. So, uh, we, we are back in that little situation, which is good because now most things are open. It's just at a sort of capacity, but, uh, no, everything seems to be fine. Uh, and I hope they get more people in the bell center for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. All right. You want to get into some questions? For sure, for sure. That's why I'm here. Uh, <laughs> from a young age, you've had some awesome statistical seasons. As a kid, did you always feel like hockey was kind of your thing, or were there anything, anything else outside of hockey that you thought maybe was going to be your passion? 
Uh, man, I always loved big trucks when I was a kid. I, I, <laughs> my dad, my dad had a, a transport company, and and every day I I, I wasn't at school. I was uh, I worked with my dad with the big trucks, uh, the transport company, and um, the, the trailers and the engines and all this stuff. And uh, at 13, 14, I, I even said, "Hey, look, like I need some work. Like I'm gonna start, I'm gonna start washing your trucks and stuff." So that's what I did. Uh, but in terms of hockey it's always been like the the main part of my life uh really uh, even as a kid I, I that was like one of the main things um but i i always was a fan of soccer growing up as well until the age of 14 15 where you kind of have to put that to the side and 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 uh, focus on hockey but uh in sports in general were always kind of my 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 passion and uh once i dug real deep in, into hockey it just became literally my life and and uh i'm happy to do that man like uh, i i definitely have one of the best jobs in the world yeah it's yeah. definitely a gift now did you ever play any other positions besides goalie when you were younger yeah i i i started uh well you you guys know like the first year you play there's no goalies like people are just trying to figure out how to skate yeah. um and uh for the first two years i'd say two or three years i was goalie um after that first year where I was a little, little player and uh, somebody didn't show up to the last game of the year, we had put goalies in the net. And, uh, and so I just jumped in. Uh, one of my, my buddy's dads knew that I was a big fan of Marty Brodeur and Josie Theodore and the gear and his helmet and stuff. So he just strapped on the pads on top of my like player <laughs> for that day. And uh, I was, uh, I was just propelled into this, uh, this little game. I loved it. So the next year I became a goalie for a couple more years and my second year, uh, Adam, I think I was, I don't know, nine, nine, 10. I don't know. Um, I don't even know the age groups anymore. Uh, then I, I went forward for you. I said, dad, I want to score some goals. I want to see how, I want to know how it feels. And I ended up scoring a couple goals that year. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then I said, you know what, I'm probably better off being a goalie. And I came back, uh, as a goalie the next year and stayed that way, uh, until, till now. Zach, outside of hockey and other sports, what are some other interesting hobbies or interests that you have? I see, I followed you on Instagram. You have a pretty active Instagram story doing some running, fishing, I think I've seen on your uh, yeah, I, so what, uh, just talk about some interests outside of sports. I have, I have so many interests outside of sports. Well, I, I, it's usually around sports, but I, I just love it in general. I like to try new things. A couple of weeks ago, we went on a ruck, which was really hard, like with weight, like a, basically a walk, but with weight on, on your back and stuff. Uh, I went on a fishing trip with my dad, which I, which I love as well. I think it's, it's, it's some good downtime. It's a good way to, to recharge, be in nature. Uh, you know, man, uh, interests outside of hockey. There's so many. I took up archery this year where I bought myself a, a bow and, uh, me and Copley, my goalie partner, we, we got, we, we delved deep in, into that this season. So <laughs> after practice, we would just go out in an open field and, and shoot some arrows. That, that was a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's, it takes you, it takes you somewhere else than on the ice all the time. And, uh, other interests, bro, uh, camping, basketball, soccer, watching the Euro right now. Like, yeah. I just, I don't know, man. I, I love sports in general and wherever uh, we're moving or whatnot, that's probably where you'll find me. Uh, so what was it like playing with guys like Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Druin during your time with the Mooseheads? Uh, I mean, it, it, it was, 
(laughs) obviously I'm not saying anything new. Those guys were special in junior, obviously. Uh, We had some really solid teams with the Mooseheads, man. Uh, In Halifax, everything came together uh, really quick. Uh, A couple of years there, we won the cup. and they, they really elevated the game. And there were some other players on the team as well that really elevated and thinking like Karnad Rabelshauser, German guy, Martin Furk, he's Czech. We had uh, Trey Lewis, uh, Stefan Fournier, Luca Champini. We got all these guys, man. They were just, we were such a deep team that uh, yes, Nate and Joe. And, and then afterwards, after they left, it was Ehlers and Timo and all that. They're all great players, like exceptional players, but Every single team I played on and with the Mooseheads, they were very deep. And uh, these guys that we won with that we barely talk about, but hey, look, like Mackenzie Weger, like he was there too. And and we, we had a really deep team and it, it, it was great, man. And it, from start to finish, it was it was just a hell of a hell of a time. Now, does having such good players and having like stars like McKinnon and Drouin, and you mentioned a bunch of other guys, does it boost your confidence just kind of talk about how that impacts you in net does it give you like a boost of confidence that you know these guys are playing in front of you and in a game yeah in a game 100 percent. but in practice it's different man yeah Yeah. Yeah. i got roasted a couple a couple days uh for sure in in my four years with the moose says but hey no i'm just playing It, it does give you some confidence because um some days i was the one that was playing really great but some days I wasn't you know and that's that's was that was the beauty of our team is that there was so many guys that could pick up uh their game and bring us at a place where we can win games so like if I was having an off night then we knew we were still going to be okay but then if the offense was off that day or whatnot you know we had a good back end we had we had good goalies uh me I think Clarky we had we had a lot of guys that that could just step up so uh that's what I like about our teams there is is that yeah, we talk about Nate, Joe, the superstars, which <laughs> obviously they carried us. But at the end of the day, uh, if they had an off night, if I had an off night, everybody kind of balanced it out. Great coaching as well. Like my goalie coach, Eric Raymond, Dom Ducharme was there. So like from A to Z, our team was deep and it did elevate our game to have guys like that on the lineup because they're just super high achievers. So it did elevate us. Obviously, uh, with the playoffs right now, you can see how important depth is. So it's a great point. 100%. I mean, you, you can have an injury any second in the playoffs and, and there's no stopping. People won't say, okay, you know what? We'll pause. We'll wait till he gets back and we're going to go. You know, that's not how it works. So uh, I think it's, it's when you have that depth, man, it, it, it brings you a whole different dimension to your game. Um, so I'm pretty sure you grew up in Quebec, right? Yep. Abstand all your life. How cool is it to be drafted by them? Oh man, it was pretty wild. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I tell the story and, and it, it was probably the last team I expected to be drafted by uh, come that day when we were in New Jersey at the draft, uh, all the tables and all, it was a pretty awesome day. It was probably one of the last teams I thought would, would pick me. And there you go. That's what happened. And uh, just goes to show you, you, you go in with no expectations and you just, you just roll with the punches and, and, uh, and uh, ride the wave. So for me, it was obviously a dream come true at the time. And I put the Jersey on and I was like stunned and uh, got to play many preseason games in Montreal, back up some games in the regular season and stuff. Never really got to play a game, but 
my experience from A to Z with the Canadians, it was uh, pretty surreal, man. Like uh, I was, I was part of it. I was close and uh, it's uh, definitely something I'm lucky to have lived. I, I have, I'm, I bet you there's a lot of my buddies that would have loved to be in my position as well. So you said Montreal, you thought would be the last team who was kind of the favorite going in. I don't, I, I don't remember exactly uh, because it had to do with uh, the depth and, 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 and the, the, the picks they had and stuff. I don't remember exactly who was the favorite. There were a couple of teams there uh, that, that that could have been. Now, during your time in Montreal, did you ever get to speak with Carey Price? And if so, did he ever give you any advice? Uh, yeah, I, I've had some uh, multiple conversations uh, on the ice after practices and camp. Uh, uh, you know, uh, during camp, there's always lunches, right? So you sit down, you talk, you chat. Uh, I remember we had uh, a talk about some gear early on when I was 18, 19. Uh, yeah, I mean, just just some casual conversations, nothing too too like in depth on. Hey, uh, let's say I'm uh, I'm doing this one day and and I get scored on this way. What do you think? Like it was never something like that. Uh, it was very just casual. He's very easygoing guy. I mean, I'm not saying anything new. You guys knew that he's very easygoing, super easy to talk to, and. Uh, for my time there, it's just such a nice guy. He, he, whenever my parents were in the, the, the after lounge, the after game lounge, like the wives lounge and stuff, like you would just talk and chat with anybody that's there and my parents included. And uh, for a while, I'm pretty sure he knew my dad by his first name. So just to tell you what kind of person that is, is just a great guy, easygoing, really like uh, nothing new there that I'm, that I'm saying you guys knew that. Yeah, and obviously Carey Price, one of the, the best goalies in the world, in my opinion, at least. I mean, he's been the guy there. He's going to be the guy for the future. Did you ever feel like, you know, you weren't ever going to get an opportunity there in Montreal to kind of show what you had? No, because at the end of the day, it's it's like that everywhere. You know, uh, if you look at uh, the, the depth charts around the league, uh, at that time, if you looked at the Rangers, it was Lundqvist. If you look at uh, Nashville, it was Pecorini. If you looked at L.A., it was Quick. So, Everywhere you go, it's like there's a good goalie. There's good goalies. There's elite goalies all over the world. Uh, and, and that's just the business we're in. And um, that's how fine the line is from being in the NHL and not being in the NHL. So at the end of the day, uh, whether it was Carey Price or not, it could have been anybody else that was elite in that position. Obviously, Price is like elite of elite but uh, you know what i'm saying like this if you look at the depth chart there's good goalies all over the nhl and um, gms and stuff aren't just going to get rid of their goalies like that so it's the same situation for all of us guys getting drafted and making our way and working our way up the ranks uh, there's some timing involved obviously there's uh there's a lot of things that that are involved in you making it to the nhl and sticking there and um and yeah that's that's my answer to that um, just going off of talking about getting up to the NHL past few years, you bounced around Vegas, Tampa. How did it feel to get a two-year deal rather than a one-year with Washington? Oh, I felt really, really awesome uh, to get that security. It's great. And, and um, security is one thing, but I'm, I don't feel very secure because at the end of the day, there's been so many things that happened uh, in my career that you can never be satisfied. Uh, you honestly can't. In pro hockey, the line is too fine. There could be a signing tomorrow morning that uh, you and I, we, we don't know about yet. And, and, and that's it. We got to deal with it. And that's pro hockey. So 
you can't be satisfied. I can't be just happy. Oh, okay. I got a two-year deal. I could relax. That's really the opposite of it. It's like, Hey, look, we gave you this thing. We believe in you. Uh, now let's get to work and, and let's make, let's make shit happen basically. So, so for me is it's, it's a nice vote of confidence I find, but uh, the security part of it, it's, it's, it's something that's superficial. I have to, I have to stick to my plan and I have to stick to uh, being a little bit uncomfortable because at the end of the day in, uh, in, in pro sports, if you get comfortable, it will humble you very quickly. And if you get too, too, too high on yourself there, it will humble you. So that's just the nature of pro sports. And for me, that's how I'm looking at it. Yeah. I have a contract for the next two years. Yeah. Maybe I'm going to stay with the cast, but who knows what will happen. Right. And, and uh, that's only contingent to me playing well. And that's why I need to focus on a uh, good off season, making sure I'm ready to go and, and uh, elevating my game from an already good season, elevating again so that I, I, I keep getting close to the NHL. Yeah. You talked a little about playing well last year. You played fantastic. Um, what do you feel was the biggest contributor to your, to your success? It's uh, a good question, brother. I, I, I feel like I just kept things simple and, and it was almost a, how can I say that? It was like, a, uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but like the years and and I think experience with time and things things that didn't go well in the last four or five years, things that didn't work for me. Well, I really focused on, hey, look, I need to create a system that will simplify everything so that I could just get in the games and execute that system and 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 execute saves. And that's it. And so I really thought long and hard on on video and watch video with coaches and stuff and and at the end of the day, I eliminated a lot of things that to me, they're not just, they're not useful to me. And I, I, I eliminated that from my thought process and I just made it as simple as possible and something that I could just repeat over and over and over again, practice game, whatever, wherever the hell I am, I'm just repeating the same things, those same steps. I call it my system basically. And I'm just repeating those things in my head and I simplified. And um, I, I feel like that's, been a big part of, of me in the last couple of seasons, kind of putting some, some games together because I eliminated things. Actually, no, I didn't eliminate things, but I stopped focusing on things that weren't really helping me. I just focused on the things that I knew was going to give me success. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So if it was three, four things tops, okay. I did other things. <laughs> you had to think outside the box sometimes. Yes. But mainly I was focused on three, four things and repeating those things. And, and it just got me more consistent because I had less to think about. I eliminated a lot of uh, stupid shit in my life that, that didn't help me. And, uh, you know, just hanging out with my girlfriend, my dog, you know, going for walks and keeping it simple, man. A simple life is, is a good life for me. Yes, sir. Um, I mean, you touched on experience. I mean, you're only 26 and it seems like you've got a boatload of experience on your belt. Do you think your chance yeah. in the NHL is, is coming? Oh, absolutely. I really believe that. I think uh, the best is yet to come. Uh, I feel like uh, with solid work, I, I can definitely make it and, and, and stick around. But uh, like I said, there's, there's a lot of work to be done. I'm not there yet. And if I, if I, if I think I'm there, then I'm going to take a couple step back, steps back. So I have to keep, keep building, keep going. And uh, yeah, it's, it's been crazy for me, man. Like I did four or four organizations, I think 12, 13 teams, Jesus, I don't know. 
uh, I traveled a lot. I've got a lot of air miles and uh, I even played a couple Spengler Cups as well in Switzerland. So for me, it, it, there's, there's international experience. There's all, all different types of teams I've played on. Um, I've, seen, I've seen a lot. At only 26, I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly, to be honest. And uh, I think it helps me because I learned from a lot of people, a lot of great coaches, a lot of great players too, like veterans, like at the Spengler cups, I had the chance to play with some, some, some huge veterans of the game. Uh, like, uh, Bieksa, uh, Mason Raymond, like McIntyre. I learned from a lot of guys. Like I, I just named three guys, but this, I could name easily 20 uh, if I sat down to write them down right now. I'm on this <laughs> right now I'm on the spot. So you forget, yeah. but, but um, you know what I mean? Like there's so many people I learned from and goalies as well. Goalie coaches and Sean Burke was just such a great resource for me to talk to uh, when I was at the Spengler. And even when I left there, I would call him and, you know, ask questions and stuff like that. So there's a lot of people that are part of that and, all I did was just absorb all that information say, okay, what could be useful to me? Uh, if it was, I used it. If not, well, it's gone and that's it. And, and not much more to it. I just created a little bit of a system and I just repeat that and uh, makes life easy. So or easier, not easy because nothing, nothing <laughs> is really easy yeah. in life, but uh, it makes it a little, little bit easier. Off the ice, uh, with all the travel you're talking about, like, what are some of your favorite places you've been, places you'd love to go back to, maybe a place you didn't enjoy being? Man, um, I, I, I liked everywhere I played. Um, I really did. Um, from the time I played in Brampton, I, I enjoyed it. I was in, in Toronto for some, for some good time. It's not very far. Um, Fort Wayne, Indiana, that's, that's a hell of a special place, man. I liked it. There's just, the rink was full all the time. Chicago, Orlando last year, like what's not to love about Orlando, you know, Florida. It's, it's yeah. great. It was a fantastic year. It's beautiful places. I got to be in Munich last year uh, as well uh, in Germany, uh, Spengler cup in Davos, Switzerland for Christmas and new year's. I mean, you, you can't ask for better than that. Like I've been really fortunate to be in some, some, some good spots, some good place, some good staff, some good cities, and uh, that's made it that much more fun along the way, man. It did. It, it really did. That's awesome. And, and where I'd go back, man, I'd go back anywhere, man. The world's a big, <laughs> big ass place. So I, 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 I'd go back, I'd go back anywhere. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, real quick, uh, you talked about Sean Burke a little bit. I believe he's the goalie coach now with Montreal. Do I have that correct? Um, Maybe yes. number I think he's kind of the, 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 the goalie department kind of. Yeah, I think they got rid of their other guy this year when Price was kind of struggling. They brought in Sean Burke. He's obviously, you know, Carey Price is Carey Price, but he's done a lot to help his game, yep. I'm sure. Um, now, would you say he is one of the best co uh, coaches that you've ever had? Anybody else stand out to you? Um, yeah, feel free to just kind of rattle off a few um, well, I wouldn't say he's the best coach I've ever had because uh, he was never uh, per se my goalie coach. You, you know, like he, he's, he's a legend in the NHL and I just kind of, by him being GM of our Spengler Cup team and being part of the Canadians in the scouting department for a while before he, he has his new position, I just had the chance to pick his brain and talk to him, have conversations, hang out with him, you know, you know what I mean? So that's how I learned from Sean Burke, but uh, best goalie coach, in my opinion, 
it's tough to say, right? You learn different things from different people. Uh, I, well, one of, one of the goalie coaches I've had that's had the biggest impact on my life has been Eric Raymond. He, he, he coached me for four years in junior and who knows where I'd be if I didn't have Eric in junior, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know if I'm a pro, uh, and I have a lot of, of, of my, uh, of my career to thank Eric for, um, but the goalie coaches I have right now, Scotty Murray and uh, Alex Westland are just, they're just awesome, man. Like we work really well together. I'm happy I'm there. And that's one of the reasons I, I decided to stay uh, longer because I work so well and I feel like they can help me get my game to the next level. So uh, Alex Weston, Scotty Murray now, I'm, I'm definitely in a good place. Yeah, the situation has a lot to do, I think, with uh, player success for sure. Um, kind of wrapping up the hockey talk a little bit here. Uh, give us your Stanley Cup final pick. Who wins and in how many games? We saw Tampa dominate Montreal in game one. Uh, what do you think? Does, uh, does the tide change at all? Uh, well, no, I, I said this before uh, last night's game uh, at the gym. We were talking. Look, I'm from Montreal. I, I, I've loved Montreal my whole life. Okay, I, I, I didn't get re-signed by them. That's, that's fine. That's just a detail. But obviously, everybody here would love to see the Canadians win have success since first time in 28 years or so, like 1993. Obviously, it would be unbelievable to, to, to see that uh, here. I'm not going to lie. It'd be great. But I, I think my prediction is lightning in five. Um, uh, and that doesn't mean anything just because I say it. Obviously, it'd be great that uh, the Canadians win. Uh, but I, I think that's how it's going to play out. But hey, who am I, right? I'm, I'm just a goalie. So uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. You want me to take the last question? Sure. Sure. Um, so we ask every guest, what's one big thing on your bucket list? Doesn't have to be hockey related. That's, uh, that's a good question, man. I, 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 I I'm, I'm from uh, Italian descent. Um, uh, my family, Fucali, is Italian, and uh, I don't know. For, for lately, I've been thinking a lot about owning a house in, in Italy somewhere, uh, uh, just out in the country, just the rolling hills of Tuscany or something like that. I don't know. It's just a bucket list thing that I'd like to uh, be able to just go to Italy and hang out at a house somewhere that, that I own and me and my family, my dogs, my girl, you know, kids, maybe who knows, like, yeah. I don't know. It's just something that, that for me, I, 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 I like, I like being outdoors. I love nature. So uh, a bucket list moment for me would just be owning a piece of land, real estate in, in, in Italy and hanging out whenever I, whenever the season ends that's where I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah. so, I don't know. That's just one of, one of many things on my bucket list, brother. I was going to say, sounds like the life right there. Yeah. 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 So we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. I got a, I got a plan in place to make that happen, but uh, we'll, uh, we'll check back in in a couple of years. I'll, I'll let you guys know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> we really appreciate, uh, appreciate your time. Um, love to have you back on in the future. Best of sure. luck in the off season sure. and good luck this year. Thanks a lot, fellas. Appreciate you uh, having me on the show. And uh, anytime you need me, uh, let me know. Awesome. Thank, Thank you, you. fellas. Ciao, ciao. Have a good one. You too. All right. Welcome to the second half of the episode. Um, good interview with Zach Buchel. We're actually recording before <laughs> the interview, um, but I'm sure it's going to be a good one. So we'll just do a normal pod talk here for 30, 40 minutes and then uh, wrap it up. 
First thing on the list, Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, it's Monday as we record. Pod will come out on Tuesday after the interview. Um, Lightning, Newman's Lightning, and yes, sir. Canadians <laughs> in the Stanley Cup. <laughs> He's not going to lose. Playing game one tonight. What are our thoughts? Dude, I'm excited. I mean, this the underdog story for the Canadians is pretty – pretty cool um obviously their road kind of has to end here for me um for i think prediction wise i honestly think it's either going to be tampa and five or montreal takes it in seven i don't think if it goes past five i think montreal probably has it um but i would i'll start off with a big guarantee um oh shit right out of the i think i think vasilevsky is going to have two shutouts in this series um Wow, I don't, I don't think the Montreal offense is that good, uh, and I think we game plan pretty well against pretty much any team. So I think he's going to have a, a good series. So there's my guarantee to start off. Evan, it's honestly hilarious because both these teams I picked against in every series uh, so far in the playoffs. <laughs> what a joke! What a joke is right. Um, talked a little bit about it with Colin. We watched uh, Game Seven Islanders Tampa. And I said some things. I was like, all right, Tampa's got it easy. Um, actually, I don't think so. I'm going to pick the Montreal Canadiens to win the Stanley Cup in six games at home. Uh, kind of changed my mind a little bit on the fly. Just has a feel of the Los Angeles Kings of the, I believe, 2012 season. Just the eighth seed, like the worst team. And they went all the way. They beat, I believe it was New Jersey that year. Uh, which was a really good team. Obviously, Marty Brodeur was still was there. Like the Rangers. That was 2014, yeah. I believe. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Just this team's just got the magic. Colin talked about it a little bit uh, in the group chat. Um, it's just going to be hard for a, team to st- for a team to beat them, especially with Carey Price. I get Vasilevsky and the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I think Montreal's – it's just the magic, and I'm going to ride that uh, to the finish. Yeah, um, I'm torn on this because on one hand, I have been saying, you know, Montreal has the magic. Like, it really feels like they're just destined to do it. To me, it makes little sense. Like, can you think of a team that's, like, come from such low odds that goes to the championship and then actually ends up losing? Like, I feel like they carry so much momentum just historically. Like, you think about the Red Sox coming back from 3-0 in, was that 0-4? Um just like things like that, the Bruins coming back from 3-0 against Toronto in that game seven, um, just teams with that kind of momentum seem to always find a way to get it done in the end. Uh, so I'm going to go Montreal in seven. Uh, I agree, Newman, Montreal in seven. Um, Tampa is just, Tampa's a wagon. And I don't think there's many teams out there that can stop them. I think ordinarily, like, during the regular season, Tampa would sweep them in four games, but this playoffs has just transformed Montreal into a far better team than I think they had been all year. And I'm just going to keep riding the hot hand. Not that Tampa's not hot, but just it feels too right for Montreal to lose. I think somebody to keep an eye on in this series, and he's been a beast all playoffs. Um, I'm actually going to guarantee that he scores tonight. Uh, Cole Caulfield. Um, what a superstar this kid's going to be kind of already is, to be honest with you. He's, he's scored goals in the big moments. Uh, just really come out of nowhere in the playoffs. 
So I'm going to guarantee Cole Caulfield goal tonight and a Montreal win in game one. Um, just everything seems to be going right for the Canadians. I'll get into it a little bit later with my rant, but this has been the luckiest team. I think all year long in all four sports, I think this is the, this seriously is the luckiest team. I'll get into it in my final two minutes, but watch out for Cole Caulfield. Uh, I'll throw a guarantee in since we're all going early. I'm going to guarantee a Montreal game one win. And I'm going to say two points for Nick Suzuki. Oof. Love Nick Suzuki. He's been really good this uh, postseason. But let's move on to some quick NBA talk. Eastern Conference, Western Conference final going on as we record. Um, Phoenix is up 3-1 on the Clippers. They played tonight, I believe. Yep. And Atlanta, Milwaukee. Milwaukee went up 2-1 last night on Chris Middleton's back. They play game four tomorrow. Quick predictions. Yeah, I mean, real quick before we move on to the basketball, just to point out to our few listeners, we got two Bruins fans sucking off the Canadians. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Ashamed. (laughs) Hey, Hey, I am. But look, there's an argument to be made that the rivalry is just not as strong as it was 10 years ago. And for the majority of our lives, it's been Toronto instead of Montreal. I know, I know. Um, also, real fuck quick, you anyways. Real quick, I got <laughs> one more thing to say. Canadians playing in the playoffs this year against zero goals for Mitch Marner, zero goals for Mark Stone, zero goals for Max Pacioretty, and zero goals for Blake Wheeler. Obviously, Mark Scheifele uh, got suspended, so he had zero goals. So this is a team that's proven wow. to shut down wow. the big-time talent. And Tampa's got a lot of it. I love what Montreal has been able to do defensively. Well, yeah, it's going to be that power play against the, that penalty kill streak. That's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. But anyway, basketball. Um, I think, I think the Bucks series, um, no one could stop Giannis except for that, that rookie and the coach would refuse to put him in for some reason. Um, <laughs> Suns, the Suns will win tonight. I'm sure. Uh, with no Kawhi. They Is that a guarantee? Sure. That's not really uh, a bold guarantee. It's not really bold, so I don't want to go with a guarantee. Right. But okay, we won't call it one. But Newman throwing around guarantees like candy on Halloween. Yes, sir. The Suns will win tonight. They have too much talent for just Paul, playoff Paul George to uh, overcome by himself. The Clippers. I watched a little of the first half of game. What was it? Three and or four. And the Clippers just couldn't make a fucking basket. I mean, I think they shot like three and 19 from three in the first half. Like it was just a disgrace to watch. And, and Paul George just kind of being a ball hog. I wish they involved Zubats more, just getting the big men more involved. Although, I mean, they're kind of a small team at one point they were playing Batum at center, but I agree with Newman. I think the series is over tonight. Um, Phoenix back at home, Booker, Paul, Aiton. We've seen what they've been able to do, especially DeAndre Aiton. What a series he's had so far. What a playoffs he's had. Really one of the breakout stars of the playoffs. Um, I think it's over. On the other side, I agree. I think it's over. Milwaukee will probably win uh, the rest of the games in the series. It's 2-1 right now. I think it'll be 4-1. Hawks don't really have a chance. Milwaukee's defense is too good, and Giannis is playing at another level. Also, I put five bucks on Chris Middleton last night to be the leading scorer in the game, and I won 50 off of it. So (laughs) figured I'd throw that out there. Well done. Well done. Uh, I'm going to echo everything Evan said. I think they're both over in five. I don't really think there's much more that needs to be said on that. Mm. Um, so we'll move on to MLB. Also, real quick, that'll wrap up. Guarantee Milwaukee Bucks win the title. I'll go opposite. Yeah, you know, I, Phoenix? Got this, I know I Newman's already, have, already on Phoenix. I already have Phoenix, so 
Okay, I'll join Newman. That boy. So one of us, is, or well, at least somebody is going to get that right. I mean, assuming the series end. At least someone will probably be wrong too. Probably be your dumbass. <laughs> yeah, it'd probably be you, idiot. Fuck off. All right, let's talk some baseball. Um, in no particular order. This is just off the top of my head that I can think of. The Detroit Tigers in third place as of today, Monday, June 28th. Um, I'm kind of shocked at that. Newman texted that in the group chat today. I had no idea. I think the Tigers suck. Um, so how long will it last, do you think? I I don't see it lasting very long. I think they're pretty much – I think they're tied right now with the Royals and the, the Twins. I think they just have a tiebreaker, but, like – the Royals just got swept by the Rangers. That's kind of brutal. Tigers, yeah. I think, just split with the Astros, which was pretty impressive. Um, the starting pitching was really good. I saw, I think, their starters had an ERA of, like, 2.3. Um, but I believe all of their relievers gave up an earned run in the series. So, like, that's obviously not something that's going to get them wins down the road. Um, so, I don't – third place is pretty – a ceiling for them, to say the least. I, they probably finished in last anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'll say third. Uh, when you told said they were in third place, I was like, oh, they must be like right around five hundred. Uh, they're ten games below five hundred. <laughs> third place is a disaster in that fucking division. In that division, um, that's brutal. I mean, AL East four teams with forty plus wins. AL West three teams with forty plus wins. Um, obviously, NL West juggernaut right now. Uh, yeah, the Tigers are stinky, and, and the Twins are hot, seven and three in their last ten. They're making a push back. Mm. I think they will um, come close, but I still got Chicago. Um, but yeah, I don't think Tigers' success lasts very long. No, I don't either. But I got to give the Tigers a lot of credit. Um, obviously, AJ Hinch has done a pretty good job there. Um, to Newman's point, the starting pitching I've actually been super impressed with. I think it's better then the Red Sox starting pitching like it's a good rotation and they have two players injured who are having phenomenal years uh, Spencer Turnbull his ERA obviously landed on the IL no real update on him yet but he had an ERA sub three I think it was like two eight and like tons of innings like just eating innings pitching well Matt Boyd another another guy that's on the IL right now uh, his area was like three, five, and he's actually a really good pitcher too. And they've had Mize pitch fantastic this year. scooble has been great. Um, and now they got this guy named Matt Manning up. So I've been impressed. And I think this is a rotation that they can ride into next year and years down the line. And I think they just got to figure out what they want to do with their lineup. But other than that, love what they're kind of doing with the pitching and they got some good relievers uh, i know um soto's been great obviously former's trash just landed on the il he can go fuck himself gave up three runs in one inning uh to blow a save and that put me in a bad mood but love what they're doing they're on the right track and aj hinch is the guy there yeah i'd be cur- i'd be curious to see what our our over under was for them back yeah. when our, we did that episode with jason yeah We'll have to look back. I'm also curious how um, how close Torkelson is to coming up. Mm. Yeah, he's good. He is good. That's a good piece on offense that they could use. Oh, yeah. That would be huge. Um, next on my list, I had Hector Santiago, uh, a Mariner, Newman's own. First <laughs> yeah. to fail, the substance check. Uh, what are our thoughts, Newman, as the Mariner fan? I'll 
let you try to defend the man's mm. good grace, but well, I mean, first of all, if he is using something, it's not fucking working because he sucks anyway. Um, <laughs> I know he said in the post game it's just sweat and rosin, which I mean, we saw. I don't know if you guys saw that Trevor Bauer tweet, but like it clearly can make the ball very sticky. So they they sent it off to the lab. I mean, I guess we'll find out. But I mean, if if it is clearly just sweat he's and rosin, a very sweaty man. Yeah, I mean, if it is just sweat and rosin, though, I feel like that's a very bad look for the MLB. Although, I mean, I guess for the umpires, they're put in a tough spot. I guess if you see something sticky, you're gonna have to take the glove away. Yeah. Um, but it just goes to show, doing something mid-season is so, such a stupid idea on Manfred and the MLB's part. I should have waited to the off-season. F. Yeah, not really much to say on it. I didn't really. You know, I just saw him get tossed. I didn't really, like, look at what it was. I didn't really hear a broadcast. But uh, obviously, MLB's failed on this. And if it is sweat and rosin, it's just, to your point, it's a really bad look. Um, and he does suck. I'm sure if it was Logan Gilbert, you'd be a little – your feelings oh, be would be so a little sad. different. But, yeah. yeah, you might be sad. But they're going to be without a pitcher for what? Or without him for 10 days without pay or with pay? With pay. It's with, with pay. pay. Yeah. Well, that seems stupid to me. Why would we pay him <laughs> for cheating? Um, but, you know, we thought we'd see more of it. This is the first. It wouldn't shock me if this would be the last this year. Uh, I did watch the video, and I think Phil Cuzzy, like, wasn't sure whether or not he wanted to throw him out of the game. And he looked a little hesitant, and then he was just, you know, gave him the thumb. But obviously MLB's flopped this badly. And, you know, if it's just sweat and rosin, they're going to have a lot of explaining to do. Yeah, it's an absolute <laughs> debacle. Um, I, I really don't have much else to say besides, like, it sucks that the MLB is doing this to themselves. I agree, Newman, midseason. Like, if you were to do it in the offseason, you could have had training. You know, this looks like that, yada, yada, yada. This is, like, what sweat and rosin is. This is what rosin and water looks like. Like, actually make sure that those enforcing it, the umpires know what they should be looking for and what should be acceptable. Um, and just, I initially didn't agree that like they should take it all away. Um, I, sorry, let me reword that. I initially didn't agree that I don't know how to fucking say it. I disagreed with what glass now said. He was like, I don't think you should have taken it all away. I I think that you still have to take it away. Um, Just because, like, the the product of baseball was not good. The offense was bad, league-wide. I I don't know. Batters don't don't have that option, really, unless they take steroids to get even. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. I'm torn. It's so different from the baseball we grew up playing. I don't know. Yeah. I'm with Glasnow, though, to be honest. Like, obviously, I think after the season, you should go and get, like, a, a universal substance. But, like, him saying, you know, I have to change my grip, and that hurts my entire wrist and forearm anatomically. And you saw, like, 10 other pitchers who say they lost their grip or having arm injuries. That's not a something you can just, like, fix right? Well, as soon as the midseason. Real quick, change. can I answer? Mm-hmm. I agree with what you're saying and i think the injuries from it are something that the mlb should have taken into consideration more but we've seen some great starting pitching performances since this even happened so for you to be a great pitcher i feel like you got to know kind of how to adapt without using a sticky substance i mean garrett cole clearly can't seem to figure it out without the spider tack he can't seem to get a good grip on the ball he's laying fastballs right down the middle um 
but other good pitchers have been able to figure it out. Like Kershaw last night was fantastic. Um, clearly, you know, DeGrom, we've seen what he's been able to do. So I think it kind of separates the great from the good, if, if you kind of understand what I'm yeah. saying. The other thing is, like, if you are unable to change your grip because you can't use sticky substance, then how long have you been using something sticky? Right. If you don't remember what it's like to not. Because, like, you don't use – there's none of that in – in high school and even really in college you see that with the college world series which is something we might want to talk about um it's been super good baseball i think the best baseball on tv um but like you don't see any of those kids having trouble spinning one off or throwing a great fastball in the corner like and they're not looking for substance because nobody's using it's not worth the risk and in the mlb like 10 games with pay it's just not the cost is not worth or it doesn't equal the risk of doing some it. sort of economics there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm no economics major. So, but anyways, we'll move on a couple other points. Uh, the San Francisco giants, if you asked any of us in March, would they be the first team to 50 wins? I think we'd all laugh in your face, um, but they are first team to 50 wins. I believe that occurred Saturday, maybe even Friday. Um, They've been just phenomenal, surprised everybody this year, and they continue to have success, like I predicted. Not sure if either of you joined me on that. I don't think we did. Um, but, yeah, what are our thoughts on the Giants? 100 wins? It's possible. Where are they at? Let's see. Hold on. 50 and 27? 50 and – Yeah, 50 and 27. Yeah. They – yeah, 50, 100 wins is then like possible. I mean, like, like when you and I talked about when Evan was in the car glitching his fucking ass off, uh, <laughs> all their hitters are doing just enough, like no more, no less. Yeah. Obviously, Gosman has continued to be great. Di Scafani, him and Gosman have turned into a great one-two tandem. Uh, Rogers and McGee and the bullpen have been really good. So, like, they have all the pieces. I still don't think they finish first. I mean, you have the Padres who are 9-1 and one in their last 10. They look really good. The Dodgers, Bellinger, they got him back. What a world of difference that makes. I think they probably finish, I don't know. I'd give them second place in that division. One of those two teams will fuck it up, I think. I'd go third place. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> um, love what they've done. You just are starting to see it kind of wear off with some of their start. Well, I should say Alex Wood. Discofani got bombed by the Dodgers a few, couple weeks ago. He's playing them again tonight. I expect the Dodgers to walk all over him. Um, <laughs> but no, to your point, like I know they've had just such good hitting all year long. yastremski uh, has been fantastic. Posey, even though he's cooling off a little bit, still getting it done. I mean, Brandon Belt's even gone to the IL, uh, and they're still seemingly scoring a shit ton of runs without him. I know Steven Duggar has been one of these guys that's come in and uh, man, he's been fantastic. I'll just kind of read his stats. Um, in the last, let's see, two weeks. I mean, I get small sample size, but f- with all the injuries that, that will well, well, the injury to belt, there's just playing time open in the outfield. So 14 for 31, 11 runs, two homers, 10 ribbies, four steals. He's sitting 450. Um, so they're getting production from guys that, you know, you really wouldn't think of. Um, you know, you were, you were right with them. Um, you know, you, you gave your Gosman guarantee. I think that'll honestly probably happen. Um, and I think three teams from the NL West will make it, but, uh, good for the giants. Like good to see good baseball back in the Bay. 
Yeah, I think it's good for baseball. I think it's great for the Giants. And I think it's good that both um, conferences, American League, Western League, um, both have like one division where there's that true race for the one. Obviously, AL East is pretty close right now. I'd say NL West is closer. Um, but I think it's good to have, you know, great baseball on both coasts, really to try and engage. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's good that from California to fucking Boston, right. we're, we're caring about baseball. Um, and, yeah, I love the Giants. I'm sticking by them. Fuck yeah. I don't know if I said first place. If I did, I probably wouldn't feel as confident in that. Um, but definitely still in the playoffs, and Kevin Gosman has not faltered at all. So, yeah. If you had to, you know, so is way, second. would you say they can make it to an NLDS World Series or NLCS World Series? I mean, it is so early. I know. There's just so many things that could happen, uh, so many different possibilities, trades, injuries, um, things of that nature, call-ups. Um I don't know. It's too early for me. It, like matchups, you know, like it's mm-hmm. so far over a hundred games left. If I'm no, just under a hundred games left. Um, yeah. They have 95 left. So I don't know. They're definitely a good team. Uh, I would be weary of the bigger firepower in San Diego and LA, yeah. but I don't know. I want to say, I don't want to attach the label too early, but they feel like the Canadians a little magical mm-hmm. where it's just, the gears are all clicking. Um, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Giants. Anything else to add? Nope. All right. Let's talk Red Sox. 5 nothing on the Yankees during the season series thus far. Um, roughed up Garrett Cole the other day. Rafi Devers, I believe, went into a tie for first place in RBIs in the MLB this weekend. Um, just continuing to beat teams that they weren't supposed to be better than and is it time to panic for the Yankees yes and let me mini rant for a second about fucking Garrett Cole and his need to have Kyle Higashioka catch for him every time he pitches the dude is hitting under 200 meanwhile Gary Sanchez who should be in the three hole has hit like 10 homers in the past 20 games it's so annoying I mean, I want to have him on my fantasy team. So that's the only reason you're mad about it. Right. No, but two, I don't think personal catchers should be a thing, especially when he's hitting under 200 and he's not providing anything defensively that Gary can't do either. But I watch uh, a lot of Talking Yanks, the John Boy podcast, uh, because he's from New York and it is pretty interesting. And like their team is just. What the fuck's wrong with (laughs) you? I don't know. It's fun to listen to sometimes. But um, their team just sucks. Like having, like, from what I hear from them, they're just not putting their players in the right positions to succeed. And so like they're, they're falling apart. You know, I, they will finish probably honestly in fourth place. In my opinion, I think the Red Sox are good race. I've been on the race train for a while. Blue Jays look good. I think the Yankees are collapsing. Um, so I'm trying to remember what I had at the beginning of the year. I think I had, I was high on Toronto. I had Toronto winning. And, and I you had think, Toronto, New York. New York. I think Boston. I had them second. Yeah, that was it. I think what I had. No, uh, I think I had New York. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. I think, I think I had the Yankees winning. But is it time for the Yankees to panic? I'm not going to panic yet if I'm them. Maybe their fans would because that's just how the game is. Like, you know, you lose, you know, you get swept and you're fucking freaking out. Uh, 
I, I don't I want to panic yet just because of the lineup and how good it can be. You know, Cashman's gonna make a trade. Um, so that like Colin said, just so much can happen. Um if I were them, I would get Brett Gardner out of the lineup. That would be a start for me. I would play Sanchez 95% of the time and going through the rest of the lineup. I honestly would not play Clint Frazier. Like the top five or six in that lineup is so good. It's got to be like one of the best top six, top five in baseball. But the bottom three, four is where it's just brutal. There were um, uh, The game Saturday night was on Fox. They brought up a graphic like in that game, Yanks had seven hits. Uh, they're the top of the lineup. I think hitters one through four, one through five were seven of 12 and the bottom three or four were over 12. So they clearly got to figure that out. Like call up somebody. You got to fix the bottom of your lineup for me. Um, the pitching Garrett Cole. I still think he could turn it around. He's just had a couple bad starts. I, you know, I get with the whole spider tack thing, but I still think he's going to be a good pitcher for them this year. Um, German's been fucking awful in the last couple of weeks. So, and they still have one of the best bullpens in baseball. So for me, I can't freak out knowing that their top five hitters are fantastic and that their bullpen is one of the best in the game. And they have an ace. I can't freak out about that. Cashman's going to make a trade. He's smart. Boone's going to make adjustments. He's a good manager. So it will turn around for the Yankees. It's just a matter of time. And I think, you know, Yankees fans are impatient, which I understand, but still a long way to go to Colin's point, less than a hundred games. They can turn around. Yeah. I'd agree with a lot of things Evan said, but number one being Cashman, uh, you can always count always. on him to make a good move. Something that usually pays off, whether or not it's an under the radar or a big flashy New York move, it usually works out in the Yankees favor. I'm not so high on Garrett Cole figuring it out right away. Um, clearly, like the spin rates over the years, you can see the difference between Garrett Cole with sticky stuff and Garrett Cole without it. Um, just two different pitchers, in my opinion. I don't think that he's going to be that Cy Young 250, 300 strikeout kind of guy anymore with that two ERA. Um, but to Evan's point, the bullpen really good. And the lineup is scary. Um, if they could figure out the bottom, they could score enough runs where the starting pitching shouldn't really matter. Um, it's kind of like the Red Sox this year, in my opinion. But, yeah, I don't think you got to panic just yet. Plenty of time to turn around. But definitely they need to start picking things up. Sanchez getting hot is a good sign. Stanton has been consistently decent. Judge, obviously not hitting for the average that he typically does, but the power's there. And LeMahieu kind of playing below his level as well, which is a scary thought. So I, I think they, they have room to improve for sure. It's just a tough division to come from behind in. Last thing I had on my list, I believe. Real quick, I think every team in that division should, has besides Baltimore, has a real flaw and a real strength. And I think every team in the division besides Baltimore should make a trade to buy. That's what I would yeah. do. I actually saw, though, in a uh, recent Cashman press conference, though, he said no GMs want to trade with them right now. So I don't, I don't know what's Maybe going on. Maybe because they don't want to get ripped off. Uh, I guess Because so. he's a I good trader. I mean, you or, saw the Chapman trade, the Britton trade, the Canley trade, the Todd Frazier trade, David Robertson. Like, he's been good at the deadline. Um, go ahead. I, I was just going to say 
Maybe they're just happy with the Yankees struggling. Yeah, no, I'm not going to give them any relief. Well, like, oh, oh other teams. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah, you, yeah. I was why? Why yeah. would you? Why would you make a deal with a team like that? I think honestly, the problem with the Yankees is they're doing too much lineup shuffling. Like, if you look at the Red Sox, they've been able to roll out Verdugo, JD, Xander, Endeavors through through five, and I think seventy of their games. Like, just you have need to roll that out one hitter, man. Yeah, but like the Yankees are doing so much shuffling because you take Gary out for Kyle Higashoka. You have Stanton, who's like their permanent DH now. You're shuffling him throughout the lineup. Like you got to just be able to roll out like top five guys every game like we're doing. I agree. I, they'll figure it out. I, I'm really not in love with Aaron Boone as a manager, to be honest. I'm surprised you were uh, so friendly to him. I don't really care for him. I don't like him either. I like him. Of course you do. I think he has good energy. I mean, I, I don't know what the him. clubhouse is like, but on the bench, I mean, he, he'll, he'll always stand up for his players. I think he's yeah, smart. Like, true. they've had success. Like, just because they're having one bad year doesn't mean what he's done in the past couple of years. It's just, I think, two NLC or I agree, ALCS. But the roster was, was built for that. A um, couple points before we get out of here. Some NBA coaching hirings that we just neglected to talk about. Um, Billups, Chauncey Billups, signs a five-year deal with Portland to be their next head coach. Can someone help me on the Celtics guy's name? Udoka. 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 Uh, Imi, is it Imi? I don't know. I, Imi. I don't know Imi. how you say that. Imi Udoka, Celtics new head coach. Uh, I like the hire. Am I forgetting anything? Uh, Carlisle. Rick Carlisle to Indiana Pacers. And Jason Kidd to Dallas Mavericks. Mm. All good ones. I believe that's it. Yeah, all good hires. I like, yeah, I like them all. Very happy. All good hires. Steve Haxall for C- yes, uh, Seattle, Seattle Kraken. Kraken. I like the hire as well. I do too. It's I do too. Fit. Yeah. It's a good yeah. fit. Um, NC State, Evan Rant, and then we'll get out of here. Mm-hmm. Also, real quick, uh, there's the game on tonight. Um, Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, right? Yeah, it, well, first of three, correct? Commodores. Yeah. Yeah. Go Mississippi State. Give me an underdog. I'm sick of Andy winning every year. They're going to win again, probably. I like Andy. The pitching for Vandy's so good, one, two, but like if if they're able to get it to game three, I'd give Mississippi State a real chance. Mississippi State is the best hitting so far in this tournament, too. Yeah. So they're really good. That Very game exciting. against Texas was a great game to watch. Oh, amazing game. Awesome game. Um, so, yeah. Vanderbilt is in the College World Series final because they were awarded a win in game three against NC State, who played game two with only 13 players. Uh, A little COVID outbreak on the NC State sideline, technically dugout in baseball. Uh, And the NCAA said, no, you can't play. Gave Vanderbilt the win. Obviously been a pretty large amount of backlash it's a debate that goes both ways. We were talking about mm-hmm. it the other day. Um, on one hand, you got players that aren't vaccinated and you say, well, why aren't you vaccinated? And I get personal choice. Um, and then on the other hand, you have 20,000 to 40,000 maskless people in the stands every night. Like if you're not going to try and protect the players that way, how can you say they can't play when they get COVID? as you're letting people in to potentially infect them. So I think either way you look at it, it's a bad look for the NCAA. Um, but I'd like to get your thoughts on the pod after we talked about it a few days. Can ago. I go first real quick, Newman? 
just to respond yeah, to the point that you had uh, with the maskless fans, um, obviously like outdoor spread super low. I think I get here that, where but... here where it happened is obviously like off the field. Like you can't like make these players, and this goes to the NCAA. You can't make these players like unless you wanted to like go in a bubble. Like if you're not going to have some sort of bubble, players are going to go out. The vaccine's personal choice. If you don't make it a bubble, players are going to go out and they're going to interact with, you know, whoever, friends, women, whatever. Men. Family. Men. Come on, Evan. <laughs> Politically correct. Um, so people are going to just do things. I mean, the pandemic's over. So these players are probably like, all right, like just want to go out, have some fun, go to a bar, do whatever. Right. So. Well, they're under this, 21, sir. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's the second time I <laughs> thought someone was older than 21 in the past couple of weeks. Um, but basically my point is if you're not going to make it a bubble, people are going to do things. Vaccines, personal choice. People there's go out people get it. and there's a chance people can get it. And it sucks that it had to happen to NC state. Yeah. I think it frustrates me that, there were only six of them that tested positive and they wouldn't let the other ones play. I think that would have been the best solution. That being said, it did originate from two people who were unvaccinated. I mean, it is your choice, but I mean, you did put the entire Vanderbilt team at risk as well. God forbid they have a positive test come up from one of them and they're out. And then Mississippi state just wins by default. That's terrible. Um, right. So I guess I'm not, I'm frustrated that the NCAA wouldn't let them play on with the players they had. But at the same time, I'm sure every team was told the risks and the consequences of what happens if there's a COVID outbreak. And if you decide that you're going to forgo the vaccination and take on those risks, then you have to suffer the consequences, unfortunately. Good point, Newman. Look, to me, this is like the NCAA. It's like, if you're going to have the tournament and you're, you're going to bring in all the fans I get outside, but obviously in the concourse area, there's, there's interaction like in sure. Omaha, that place is bumping right now. The players are going out. People are going out. There's partying. Um, if you are going to hold this tournament and you don't want to look like an asshole, like they do right now, make it mandatory for the tournament. If you want to play in the tournament, you have to get the vaccine. It's that easy. Then you don't have to deal with any of this. And if you don't want the vaccine, don't play. It, like, yeah. you know what I mean? I get it's an ultimatum and it's like, well, my dreams to play in the college world series, but I don't want it. It's like, like sometimes you got to give to get like, right. I don't know. It's yeah. Something, and then something's got to be, there's got to be a better way to handle it. Really annoying that the day, like two days after they come up with that decision, they post on Instagram, their record high attendance numbers was yeah. kind of a slap in the face. But then again, I'm still, I still think, you know, the risks get vaccinated, even if it's not mandatory. Like, I don't think they were allowed to mandate it yet. I know both, I believe both of those schools are mandating it for the fall for their students. So like, I feel like if you're, if you're going to need it in the fall, just get vaccinated now. It's get the it. college world series. Why would you want to jeopardize it? Not only for yourself, but the rest of your team. And the Vanderbilt team. Like, that would have sucked if both teams got knocked out. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a great point. I didn't even think of that. Because I was saying, well, let them play. Wear a mask. Let them play game three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and like like I said, I mean, we were talking on the mic about it. Like, we've seen players before hit with masks on, play the game with well, masks. Well, they've all D. been D. exposed, so, like, it doesn't matter at this right. point. 
I mean, it matters. Like, there's a higher risk of exposure the more you're around. But, like, but if you haven't there's not that much interaction between either team. You can use different balls. Like, there's a lot of ways around it. Um, it's just a shame that such an – I think if it was, like, early on in the tournament and it was like, yeah, it sucks, but, like – Oh, yeah, no one would have cared. No or the championship. Cared. Like, to get, yeah. to get to the final stage, it, it was just huge. It was on a yeah. national level. And they were rolling, too. They looked good. It, they were really fucking good. Sucks. Tough. Ev, would you like to rant and then we'll get out yeah. of here? I'll give you my two minute rant and uh, yeah. Let me get a timer for Perfect. you. All right. Oh, in the meantime, a couple couple news to come in during the pod. 2020 outdoor NHL winter games. Blues Wild will be playing the Winter Classic in Minnesota. Predators will host Tampa Bay in Nashville. That's Yay. cool for a Florida team to play outside um also nhl all-star game in 2022 will take place in las vegas and a little basketball news lloyd pierce under consideration to join steve kerr's staff in golden state i think that's a good fit don't forget about uh france just lost in the euros if anyone cares (laughs) trash (laughs) they were the favorite they just lost to switzerland yeah round of 16 correct yep all right, Ev, you ready? Yep. Go. All right, so my rant today is brought to you by the Montreal Canadiens. Um, not sponsored, by the way. Not sponsored, no. Just the team I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so let's start here. Um, I said earlier in the show, the luckiest team of all time. Got, well, at least this year in all the sports. First of all, no injuries. No real – besides the Jeff Petrie finger in the whatever – um, that was about it. So it's important to note they played in, in an awful division this year. Uh, the bottom teams there, Ottawa, Vancouver, Calgary, terrible. Um, so they made the playoffs in a 17 division. Every other division's eight teams. So they get an advantage there. Um, they wouldn't have made the playoffs had the season been normal. And I'm already at 10. Okay. Wouldn't have made the playoffs if the season was normal. Uh, so they wouldn't have even had an opportunity to play for the cup. Um, John Tavares injury in game one, that injury doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Toronto wins that series probably pretty easily. We saw Marner, uh, Matthews struggled, whatever. Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews. Where were you in the series? Didn't see you at all. Um, and granted that might be credit to Montreal, but bad play, bad timing. Mark Scheifele suspension in game one, their best players out. Flurry Gaff in game three. That's a huge play. And I say it. If that didn't happen and Vegas held on, would have won the series pretty easily. Uh, Vegas forced into flip-flopping goalies. To me, that's huge. If you can ride one goaltender to the finals, that's the best-case scenario. I knew it. When they got into flipping between Leonard and Flurry, it was going to get ugly. Um, Vegas was worn down by two challenging series. Minnesota and Colorado took them to work and fucking beat them down. They weren't 100%. Stone and patch ready, no goals, like I mentioned earlier. And the power play is awful. So, luckiest the team. Enough. They've been lucky. Enough. All right, there you go. Now, you make some good points. I will say this, though. You, of all people, to shit on Montreal after you gas their defense up for shutting all those guys down. Now you're saying, oh, yeah, they got lucky they didn't score. I think it's a combination of it? both. What is I it? think it's a combination of both. The skill should take over in the playoffs. 
it's partly due to the Montreal's great defense. And granted, round one, they weren't fucking good. They were allowing, if you look at the differential between the Toronto series and the Winnipeg series, they were allowing so many chances to Toronto. Granted, Price was making saves, but still, God, you, you'd expect some more from your skilled players. Uh, and even Winnipeg, I get Shif- and the Shifley injury was huge. Vegas, injury, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know if you goaltender flipping as well. If you beat if you beat Toronto and then the, the nearly the president champion winners in uh, Vegas, I think you've earned your right to be there. Granted, like I think some teams are just built to win in the playoffs. Like Corey Perry is a playoff animal. Like the Islanders certainly built to beat win in the playoffs. Tampa they have it figured out. So I think Montreal might just be one of those teams. I don't think they are. I I truly think this is just a magical 16 game run they're embarking. No, on. I do. T- I do they're, too. But they're like, 12 in, and I think they're gonna get those four. And let's be real. Next year they missed the playoffs because now they're back in the Atlantic. Easily, 100%. no way. And if if they were in that bracket with Colorado, Vegas, Minnesota, they're bounced round one. Like I think any other division, they're bounced round one. Yes. And and also they played the team that just fucking sucks in the playoffs. Yeah. I think if they played Edmonton, Edmonton probably would have won. Winnipeg, Mark mm. Shifley would have been there. Yeah, you never know. It's a lot of what ifs. But it is. You make good points. Uh, that about wraps it up. Obviously, like we said, haven't talked to Zach Fuchel yet, but thank you, Zach, for taking the time. And we hope you enjoy the episode. Boys, anything to say? Go Bolts. Go Vandy. Go Habs. Have a, let's have a good oh, night. Oh, God. <laughs> Let's end it before you say anything else stupid. Catch you next week.